joyous, but it's different to every person. You know, if, if you want to take me out, take me out for steak. But if you want to take my wife out, get her for roasted vegetables or something, you know, and, and, and you know, and, and, and amazing salads and stuff. So we all have a different love language. Have you ever thought about that with God? Have you ever thought that he actually has a love language for you that's only for you? And he wants you to have a love language for him that's only for him. You know, when Jesus, in John 13, we know the text, Jesus, it tells us that when he went, he wanted to show his disciples how much he loved them. And that's what the Bible says. And so it tells us that he wanted to show them how, it says here, Jesus had demonstrated a deep and tender love for them. I'm reading from the Passion Translation. And now he longed to show them the full measure of his love. He wanted to show them the full measure of his love. And Jesus chose an act that was so practical, he chose something that was so much a part of their culture that only the servants did it. So it would be like this. If you came to church today and you were in that culture, you, would, you wouldn't even, you'd barely get in the door and people would be washing your feet because people didn't have Nikes, okay? They had sandals, which, by the way, some of you are wearing today, I have noticed, and uh, I felt like I was in L.A. with all the shorts and the, uh, the sandals today. But anyways, that was just a part of the culture. So when Jesus starts doing it, Peter starts to freak out, and he says, you're not going to wash my dirty feet. You're my master. You're, you're my Lord. I'm serving you. This, you've got this backwards. And I want to let you know that this is some barriers that a lot of people have in their relationship with God. They don't understand that there are times on how much God wants to give to you. In fact, the word says that he honors those who love his son. God honors you. And so as he's washing their feet and he's going through, Peter is like resisting and he's saying, you know, um, you know, I can't, I can't receive this. And finally, you know, uh, Jesus says to him, you, you have to receive this. It's so important to me. You know, we know that there was a special relationship that Jesus had with his father. When he goes into the waters of baptism, in Matthew 3, a voice comes from heaven, you are my son whom I love and whom I'm well pleased. This is an amazing moment. Uh, Matthew 22, 37, Jesus said the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. Now, I want to ask you a question. Do you have that first commandment down? Can you say, I've got it. I'm totally loving God with all of my soul, with all of my mind, with all of my heart. There's nothing that I'm holding back. How much does God want to have this love relationship with you? I want, I want to show you today, very practically, how critical your ability to receive his love is for your life. How many of you would say, I'm an expert at receiving God's love? One. You're an expert at receiving his love. Anybody else? Two. Good. Okay. I, 
I believe that this is so important. Why? Take a natural relationship. How does it grow? Husband and wife. You show you, as you show your heart and love each other, you, you open your heart more and more. In fact, as you're able to receive love, you're able to love back more, right? In fact, this is the principle. God wants you to be so good at receiving his love because as you start to receive his love, guess what happens? You start loving him more. And the more you start loving him, the more you can receive his love. And the more you can receive his love, you start loving him more. And the more you start loving him more, you can receive his love. And, and all of a sudden this happens and suddenly you're with someone on the street. You're with someone in the bank. You're someone in the, you know, uh, wherever you are in the world. And you look at them with the same eyes of the Father and suddenly that same love that you know how to experience pours out of you. That happened to me. If you know my story, I met a prostitute on the beach. I felt the Father's love for her. 125 got saved and baptized that week. But I'll tell you, it all related to my ability to receive his love. I'm going to challenge you today that the first and greatest commandment has to be realigned in your heart, and you need to make a decision today that I am going to learn how to receive God's love every day. And I'm going to make it my number one priority. You know, we, people come to Christ and we say, you know, this is the way it was at my church. I was a Baptist. Then I became a Baptocostal. Then the Holy Spirit totally ruined my church. But what happened was is that when someone came to Christ, I gave them a, a Bible, told them to read the book of John, right? You know what? After I started getting wrecked in the Holy Spirit because the Lord would come to me, tell me how much he loved me. And after he started telling me how much he loved me, I mean, I got so almost like overwhelmed by it, I would have to tell him I can't handle any more love. I'm going to burst if you give me any more love. Please, no more love. And it was like, and he had names for me. He called me Glory Boy. Uh, he called me Mighty Warrior and all this stuff. But what happens is finally I said to him, Lord, I, 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 can't we talk about something else? And then he said this. He said, you have to understand that the ability to receive my love is linked to your destiny. In other words, you will not fulfill your destiny if you don't know how to receive his love. Yes, knowing your, your five-fold ministry is great. Taking, you know, all the different tests out there. Knowing what your skills are. But your ability to receive his love, to overcome condemnation, self-worth issues, and, um, in, uh, insecurities, places you feel inferior, where you compare yourself to others, those all have to be consumed because your mind belongs to Christ. Your heart belongs to Christ. Your soul belongs to Christ. Okay, and so you have to learn, learn how to love him. And this is what the thing I've learned is that people can love him with their heart, but they have problems with their mind because they've got disappointments and places of failure. Or they can love him with their mind, but their heart doesn't feel worthy. They're, and their soul has to do with what, you have, what your passions are. I'm going to challenge you today that it's that practical. It's as practical as your relationship with your friends or your spouse or your kids. There's times where you decide to give, and there's times where you decide to receive, and it's very, very important. And that's what the Lord wants to do. I'm going to share my testimony a little bit about how this, hap how this really got uh, really deep into my heart, is that uh, as I was experiencing these visions and, and these encounters with the Lord, and by the way, if you don't know how to hear God's voice, don't tell yourself you can't hear. Chase that as a priority in your life. Okay? The Lord loves you and he wants to speak to you, 
I know the written word's great, but guess what? Uh, I buy homes based on where the Lord tells me. He literally told me the name of homes to Google, okay? I mean, I, I hear very intimate things, and it's because I learned how to ask. And, um, but one day, he came to me in a, in a vision, and he said, I want to wash your feet. And I kind of had a little bit of a Peter moment because I was like, Lord, I, I want to wash yours. This would be so meaningful to me. He says, I want to wash your feet today. And, and I said, well, Lord, this is hard. And then again, he said something similar again about my destiny. He said, he says, if you don't learn, there are times where I wash your feet and there are times where you wash mine and you don't know the difference, you will never fulfill what I've called you to do. So I had to choose to receive his love, and he's so wise, he knew that that would motivate me because my number one passion is I want to be a person who fulfills their destiny 100%. How many want to fulfill your destiny? I mean, you know why I think there's weeping in heaven in the est when we get judged and he takes away the, all the tears? I don't think it's because of our sin. We've already wept for those. You know what it's going to be? Because of all the things that he prepared for us that we didn't walk in. Okay, but you're going to be different, and I'm telling you the passage is the first commandment. Your ability to receive is love, because the second commandment comes naturally. I can prophesy. I mean, I probably prophesied over a thousand people in the last what three months. I mean, I mean, I prophesy over the, all the time. I'm a prophesying machine. I raise up prophesying. Why? Because to me, prophecy is loving people with the Father's heart. And and how you know how you do that? You learn how to receive it. So anyways, he, I, the Lord starts to wash my feet. It was a very powerful encounter. Um, and afterwards, it kind of morphed into the prodigal son because he brought me a robe. Uh, it was actually glowing. It was white. It was radiant. It was glorious. Um, he brought me a ring of authority, and he brought um, the, the sandals, the shoes. He said, wherever you put your feet, like Joshua. And it was really powerful for me. And um, I really practiced, and still to this day, I, I practice receiving his love. And what I do is I say, Lord, what, how do you want me to receive your love today? And then he'll tell me, I'm giving you my joy. I'm giving you my peace. I'm giving you, and I'll put down my pen or my computer or my phone or whatever it is. And I'll just, I just learn to receive what he wants me to receive until I begins to manifest in my body. I'm training you right now. What do you mean manifest in your body? Um... Well, sometimes my hands start to move a little. Sometimes my heart starts to beat a little faster. Sometimes um, I feel refreshed. Uh, sometimes, actually for me, I, one of my manifestations, I start to get a little tipsy, you know, um, uh, you know drunk in the spirit. I, get, I just relax. I don't know what's happening. Um, also, I start to get words of knowledge, like really accurate words of knowledge for the day. Like exact things I'm going to release, people I'm going to see, things I'm going to do, healings that I'm going to see in the next meeting. Because as I'm receiving, he's just like, he wants to give you what you need to be who he's called you to be. But the love is the tool, is, is the methodology. It's not the gifts. Because the gifts are not unto themselves. It's about a relationship of love. That's why Jesus said, I only do what the Father is doing. Why was he saying that? Because he just wanted to love his Father. And then when his Father showed him what he wanted to do, he did it. That's why I've learned not to be afraid. <clears throat> if he's commanding hearts to slow down, if I'm to speak to blood pressure, if I'm speak, uh, you know, whatever I'm supposed to speak to, 
deaf ears, blind eyes. When he tells me, I want to do it. <clears throat> but guess what? If you can't believe in his love, how are you going to believe him with the, that's like the, the first is first. The other things, commanding planes to wait for you, commanding, literally commanding and loosening rain. These are all experiences for me. But they feel the same as love. Because I don't know how to, I don't know how to do anything apart from that love relationship because I, he's the vine and I'm a branch and apart from him I can do nothing. But if you abide in me, I will abide in you. Don't you want more? I'm just trying to tell you, make the first commandment your first thing every day. I'm more in love with you, and I want to receive your love, and I want to deal with anything that's a barrier to it. I went up on a mountain retreat. It's called Camp Arowana. I've got to be very careful how I say that. Uh, It's uh, Camp Arowana with an A. It's uh, down in, in Portland area. I've pastored there 24 years. And I went up there, and uh, as I was uh, just worshiping, praying, just I would journal, ask the Lord for things and specific direction and just spend time with him. And all of a sudden, um, I don't know where it came from, and I don't know what I meant by it in a sense, but I said, um, Jesus, I want to wash your feet. I loved it when you washed mine. It's like, my turn, <laughs> my turn. I'm, I have no idea what that's going to look like, you know. You know but I, I just, I just want, I, in the spirit, I want to wash his feet now. I want to I give back. And he says, you want to wash my feet? I go, yes. He says, all right. There's a caretaker. There's a woman in the house, across, in the cabin across the way. I want you to go wash her feet. And you'll be washing mine. You have to understand, I had never met this woman. I had called her and her husband to set up going to this cabin that they had for Baptist pastors to go pray in. I'd never met her. Her and her husband ran the camp. And I now have to go across the street, knock on the door, and I don't know how you do this, but how do you say, hi, my name is Mark. I'm here to wash your feet. I mean, I'm trying to think, like, how do you get creative? Like, like if it was Sandy, I could talk about her shoes for a minute, you know, because I love Sandy's shoes all the time. But, but anyway, how many have ever noticed Sandy's shoes? Okay, you know, you know if you need to do sh- shoe shopping right there. I'm, I'm not embarrassing you, but it's amazing, okay? You've inspired my wife. She owns, like, 40 more pair because of you. <laughs> now you know why they took the offering. No, I'm kidding. Uh, so anyway, I'm just joking. But, but anyway, so I go over next door. And, and I, I feel the spirit in this, and I knock on the door, and the first thing that comes out of my mouth is, hi, my name's Mark. I go, is your husband home? Because <laughs> I'm thinking I don't want her husband walking into a foot-washing moment, you know? Um, so <laughs> so she, she says, yes, he's home, and I'll see if I, he can come out. I know he's working in the office. So she goes back, come out, and says, I'm sorry. He's on some phone. He's ordering some things. He's on the phone. It'll probably be the next couple hours. And I said, okay. So we sit down. And the longer we sit, like it was only like four or five minutes, but I'm realizing there is no like segue that would ever be natural to ask someone to wash their feet. You know, it's not like, oh, yeah, I like going barefoot. How about you? I mean, what are you going to do with this? You know, there's just no way. But guess what? The, the door to every opportunity 
is feeling his love. Now, wait a second. You get so good at receiving it for yourself, I can all of a sudden start feeling it for Larry. Larry's a John the Baptist. I love, the Lord loves, I don't know Larry, I just met him. He loves how you're always preparing the way for others and for him. I'm just starting to love you. Oh, man, I'm just feeling the love of the Father towards you. Literally, I just start to feel it. That's how I prophesy. By the way. Don't go to training that just says, okay, methodology. You want to learn how to prophesy? Look at someone and just start feeling the love of the Father toward them. That's the training that I do. Just mush on them, mush on them. Tap into the mush, mush. Okay? So anyways, I just started doing it, and all of a sudden I looked at her and I said, I don't know what's happening with you, but I feel the heaviness of your heart, and I don't know what you've gone through, what you're going through, but I just want to let you know that the Lord has heard your prayers, and symbolically, he wants to show it, and I just said it, he'd like me to wash your feet. He sent me from the cabin to wash your feet. I said, if you're uncomfortable with that, I totally get it. I am too. (laughs) Okay? (laughs) But I'm here in obedience, and it's up to you. She goes, right now, you want to wash my feet. I said, yeah, well, Jesus, I believe, wants to wash your feet. She says, okay. What do I have to lose? So she gets the basin, gets the towels. I said, I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. I am too because I I just want to feel God's love. I'm going to begin to speak. Uh, words of love from him for you, and uh, but I want you to receive it for him. So I, I'll tell you, we closed our eyes, and I'll t- I, I just want to let you know the anointing was so strong, there was no ramp-up time. It was a matter of 10 seconds. We both were weeping uncontrollably. I mean, it was like bawling. And after that, I began to say, the Lord says... You're being fully restored. Your body is being cleansed. Your heart is being cleansed. Your mind is being cleansed. And it lasted, I don't know how long. Um, He said not to rush it. I was just washing one foot and then wash the other, and I began just to even just just minister to her. And it might have been 12, 15 minutes. I'm not sure. It's a long time. And uh, when I got done, she looked at me, and she said, Do you know anything about me? Anything about my story? I said, no. She said, six months ago, I was kidnapped. All night long, abused and beaten and left for dead. And I laid in in a ravine for three days until they found my body. Then she said this. I want to live. I have not wanted to live since that day. And she goes, I now want to live. I want to live. I want to live. She kept on saying it. And I was like, I know this is a heavy story, but I'm just trying to show you the point here. It's like I was being changed. She was being changed. But but I learned that, that the Lord would give me the hearts of other people if I could give him my heart. That's why God wants you to give, because once you trust totally him with everything that you are, he can trust you with others. And I went back to the cabin, and I said, Lord, what a privilege. And he said, son, someday you're going to wash the feet of a city. Wash the feet of nations. 
but it will never be different than what you're learning here. If you understand this, I'll show you what it means. In fact, let me tell you practically, I, I flew to India for the first time. I go to a lot of nations. I, some nations I really love. Some nations, I'll be honest, I can't wait till I go home, get out of there. You know, it's like, you know, mystery meat and uh, 120 degrees. And, you know, it's kind of like, you know, uh, basically mosquitoes that, that need to fl submit flight patterns. You know, they're so big. And, I mean, <sighs> India, I get to India. And, uh, I, you know, it was, it was early in the morning. I... I um, I'd slept just a couple hours. You know how jet lag is. I just had to, I had to get up and out. And my wife was still sleeping, so I just grabbed the hotel key, and I walk out. And, and as I walked out, about 10 beggars came running to me. They, they would wait for people that were going to go to the airport. And I just suddenly realized I, I hadn't brought any money, couldn't buy any water, couldn't do anything. I hadn't brought, any, I hadn't brought anything. Just a hotel key. So finally, I'm like... All right. So I just go, okay, well, and I pull out the rabbit ears, you know, trying to show them I don't have any money. And suddenly they just start, started to turn around and leave, except one woman. And this woman has like a two-year-old baby or child now, and she's like just starts going, you know, you know, saying for food, f f this, we don't have anything to eat. And I, again, I feel terrible. I mean, I'd already been, you know, I mean, I was already out there, and I'm like going, okay, I don't have it. You know, maybe I can later or whatever. She, she doesn't understand one of it, bit of English. I show her again. And finally, um, after I'm done, I start walking, and she starts to walk with me. And I, so we speak smile, you know. Um, and, uh, you know, and so we start. So anyways, I just decided to, to do it. And I literally, as she's walking along with me, I just kind of just, enjoy, you know, we just smiled at her and just spent time with her. And Well, guess what? In India, even in the big cities like Mumbai, they have cows. And uh, they're white ones particularly, but if not, you know, it could be, you know, Krishna in a different form. And um, so the cows have total freedom. They don't eat cows. Man, steer, don't eat steer. I mean, it's like inner healing just thinking about it, you know. But anyway, so that's just their culture. But guess what? Where you have cows, guess what you have? Cow dung. Or is that a good word? Anybody from the, you know, ranch, you know, best way? Dung, dung, dung. So guess what? I have sandals on, and uh, I'm not thinking about, and I've never been in a city that just had cow poop all over. And uh, all of a sudden, I do hear, Immediately, the woman puts down the child and starts using the small blanket she had and starts to clean my foot. And I know exactly what is happening. Jesus is washing my feet. And I look down at her. And suddenly, the love of God for the nation of India starts coming on me. And I hear the Lord say, you'll be going for the next 10 years. And you're going to bring, help bring the church in northern India into maturity. I'll tell you, I didn't know what to do. I went back to the hotel. I'm just waiting 
suddenly uh, this pastor had sent, he called me and said, hey, um, by the way, I was able to go to the hotel room later and definitely give that amazing daughter some, some money. But I went back to the hotel room and I get a call. And they said, you know, we have um, some leaders that really are hurting, and we'd like you to pray for them. I said, okay. When, when's our meeting today? Well, oh, we don't have anything till tonight. We just have the day off. And I'm sitting there thinking, okay, we could get some rest. And there's always a part of me that like, we fly all the way to India. Let's do something, you know. But, hey, God has a different timing. He wants me now, by the way, to wash his feet. So he sends this couple to me, and I pray for them. Their name are the Pintos. I pray for them. They said, would you mind praying for our family members? Not at all. Well, I didn't know that meant 41 people. But uh, <clears throat> so the whole day, they just, people just started showing up or praying. Guess what happened? The Pintos said, um, we didn't know you, and we got to know you, and we're going to have a teacher's meeting. We have the large, one of the largest private school systems in India, and we have 700 teachers that we're going to gather. And we'd like you to come and talk to them. Because we've seen your heart. I said, okay. Now, they said, by the way, um, only five are Christian. The rest are Hindus, 695 Hindus, right? So I get there to the meeting, and I said, Lord, what do I do? You know, how do I minister to these Hindus? And the Lord just goes, well, you know how we do, <laughs> you know how we do this. <laughs> we love them. Just give them my love. I said, okay. So, of course, when they don't know Jesus, you've got to tell them how much he loves them. You tell them the gospel. And then I just said, um, the Lord said, call everyone up that's had any kind of back uh, injury or disease uh, or infirmity for over seven years. So I called people up over seven years. They came. There were maybe about ten of them. And I just started praying for them. I'll tell you, people started running, jumping up and down. It was just crazy. Well, they know these teachers, right? They've seen them. One, you know, had a walker. One with like this. All of them, all of them get healed. I mean, radically and dramatically healed. Guess what happened? I don't know if 695 came to Christ, but maybe 680. I mean, I'm talking, they all wanted to accept Jesus. In fact, they told me the next day that they started clearing out uh, old uh, uh, classrooms, and, and they created prayer, prayer rooms. And, uh, and it was just radical. Now, this all happened, by, by the way, the, the, the story in India is, is so much bigger. I mean, I've got, we've got a spiritual daughter who has 25,000 churches that she started. 25,000. Did you hear that? 25,000. When I met her, she had 7,000. And has had no prophetic movement. Now it's 25,000, and it is a prophetic movement, apostolic prophetic movement. That all cap? I think that all happened because a woman washed my foot. It all came back to the closet when he washed my feet. You want to change the nations? Get your feet washed. And do it every day if you need it. And get so loved, you can't even amazed how, you can't even believe how loved you are. The first and greatest commandment is to love him. Everything else you're trying to do, please put it aside. 
The works are good. The, you, yes, if you love me, obey my commandments. All those things come. But if you love me, love, love, love. He wants to transform you by a love relationship. Are you hearing me? Yes, do we want to shift nations? We will. We are. But when you lay down at night and you get up in the morning and your ability to love those that are in your household and your neighbor, it's all going to be about your ability to receive his love because if not, your love isn't enough. I'm sorry. Your love without his love combined isn't enough to change even your life let alone a world. You know, I feel that right now, I look at what God's having us do. We've got homes for girls that are being trafficked. We have business centers for prostitutes that get them off the street. We have so many things that we're doing that are based on God's love. Right now, America is being ripped apart by a media battle. I'm going to go out there on this. It's a media battle, and the attack is to get you angry and to polarize even your family. You are the one who washes people's feet. You are the one who learns how to have your feet washed. Don't fight outside the leading of the Holy Spirit. I have to take media fasts because I get so teed off. I have sons, daughter. We have the spectrum in our household from the most liberal to very conservative. I'm watching families get hurt. Not in my family. We love each other. Why am I bringing this up? Because your inability, if we have an inability to do it in the small things, how will we change regions and nations? Your test to love right now, the unlovable, is your passage to your destiny. And if you can't love them, Guess what? You have to learn to receive from the Father because he loves him. He loves the lost. He loves everyone. I don't have enemies. I don't believe in them because Jesus told me to love my enemies. If someone bugs me, I tell the Lord, what do I need to be healed in? <laughs> Dead people don't get offended. Are you, are you hearing me? Dead people don't get offended. So how do I receive his love? I choose every day that my first and foremost goal is to receive his love. I like to set the alarm before I have to get up. I don't like to get right up. When I get right up, 
somehow the coffee pot is the first place I go. Well, maybe the bathroom, but we don't. Let's get it. Let's keep it real here, okay? But I want the first place to go in the morning is I want to go to him. And I want to say, Lord, I'm training you right here. Are you ready right now? Lord, I want nothing more today than to love you and to know your love and to release it wherever you want me to release it. Now, that seems like a very simple prayer. But guess what? It's the first and greatest commandment. The second one, I don't even have to decide to do. Because I want to, I want I know his love so much, I want to love other people. My, when I meet you, I'm, I just want to love you. I'm not looking for an excuse that I can't trust you. I'm not measuring you with natural eyes. I'm looking at you immediately with the eyes of the Spirit. Because I know that my opinions are worthless. Did you know your opinions aren't helping you? Your opinions are disappointing you. Your opinions are frustrating you. Your opinions are alienating you. <laughs> Is anybody getting ministered to in this? I'm just trying to, I, I, I want you to be freed today. I want you to be freed from this media thing too. I want you to know you don't fight against flesh and blood. Okay? You're the lover. You're the best lover there is. You know how to receive his love and give it away. And that's everything to you. Can I pray for you? I know you can pray with your eyes open, but I'd like you just to do it for a second. Close your eyes. If Jesus came to wash your feet right now, by the way, godly imagination is very powerful. If you watch a movie, you're using, you can be using godly or worldly imagination. So learn to take your imagination and give it to heaven. And so Jesus comes to you and says, I want to wash your feet. I want to show practically my love to you. I want to do it so you can see it tangibly. And so he starts to wash your feet. Bronchial, uh, as you're receiving it right now, if you have a bronchial problem, breathing, lungs, even asthma, whatever, just start to breathe differently. The Holy Spirit's going to touch you. How do I know? He just told me. He's going to, right now, just really speak to bronchial things. I command that right now in Jesus' name. But keep your eyes on receiving the breath. Oh, oh, I get it, Father. The breath as the Holy Spirit. And then he's, this is what the Lord said to me to ask you, what do you want? It's not like a genie, you know. 
but he's really asking you, like, what does your heart of heart really want and need right now? Peace, restored relationship, financial breakthrough. Did you know that almost everything that was thought of in this room, it related to a relationship? A hurt, a need, peace. Why did Jesus say, come to me, you who are heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. I'll wash you. I'll wash the things that are stealing your peace. Come learn from me, for my heart is humble and gentle. And my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Or he says, peace give I to you, not as the world gives, give I to you. What do you want? Ask him. And then his response is, okay, I'm releasing it. <laughs> this is real, folks. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm mourning my father, my father-in-law, but he was my dad. I need comfort. Father, I'm asking for supernatural, radical comfort, 2 Corinthians type 1 type comfort. Go ahead and ask him. And then he says, okay. <laughs> I'm giving it to you. Receive it. What does it look like for you to receive it? Do you believe him? When he says, ask anything in my name and it shall be done. First love faith is, is radical. It's not religious. There's no games. It's relational. And you'll never be the same. Father, I just pray right now a radical, supernatural blessing on New Horizon, on Pastors Dwayne and Joel and their family, Caleb and Hannah, upon each one here. Do you have a a ministry team, I really believe you need to chase the bronchial uh, things that people have need for. I feel like you're going to see some, you could see some radical healings. Not kid, you will see. Um, also just has to do with the spine, particularly up into the neck area uh, in the right side. Just very, uh, feels like it was a car accident. Uh, um just pray that uh, you'd just be blessed today. Let's You're going to come up and close. But would, as you close, would you just repeat a prayer after me? Lord, I make a decision today to receive your love. I make a decision to receive your love every day. <laughs> In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you, New Horizon. God bless you. Come on.
you know, as we, you can stand this morning, let's, let's get ready to close out and worship. But I want to share something with you just because I don't, I don't think God's done yet. And um, Mark, you, that word, that's, that's an amazing word. Come on, how many of you could say today, you know, I, I have not been a very good receiver of God's love. You know, this morning, there's an anointing here. I, I can't let us just walk out of here unchanged because there, there's an anointing here today for you to not only receive his love, but to be ones who can give his love. In Romans, it said that God proved his passionate love for us by dying in our place while we were still lost and ungodly. Mark touched on something because, see, when we're, sometimes we're just judgmental. We're quick to say negative things about somebody who has a different opinion or or does a, has a lifestyle that doesn't line up with what we believe is correct. And I'm telling you today, God says to this church and to you here today, he's saying, I want to change your vision of the people around you. This morning after we close and we begin to worship, I want to encourage you, come forward. And Mark's going to be up here. We'll have the prayer team here to pray with you as well. But I'm telling you, there is something that's going to radically change in your heart today if you're willing to let it happen. Come on, can we worship together and say, God, just use me to be the agent of change that you would have me to be. Come on, let's just sing and worship and begin to pray and ask God to change our lives, change our hearts radically this morning. Amen.